God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is Will Rice, and First Light is a brief Bible challenge encouraging you to read God's Word, to think about God's Word, and to live it in real life. I don't know about you, but I, I hate to be wrong, and that's why I never do it. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. I'm wrong all the time, but I don't like to be wrong. I like even less to be told that I'm wrong. But if there's anything worse than being wrong, it's it's staying wrong. And I cannot change being wrong unless I admit that I am. And in other words, I have to know when I'm wrong, have the humility to admit that, and then, then change. Uh, you're either going to change your mind or you're going to change the truth, and you really can't change the truth. As Winston Churchill once said, I'd rather be right than consistent. Now, I don't want to be inconsistent. I don't want to be willy-nilly, but... It's better to be right than to be consistent. That means I've got to see where I'm wrong. I've got to I've got to see the truth. I've got to listen. I've got to be humble. I've got to receive what is right, and I've got to change. Now, in Acts chapter four, you had a group of people—priests, captains, Sadducees—all very influential and powerful—who had a choice. They could change their minds about Jesus, or they could change the truth. But they they couldn't do both. In fact, they couldn't really change the truth. But that's exactly what they wanted to do. So in Acts four one. The, the, the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, And as they spoke unto the people, these are, um, these are the, the, the apostles. This is Peter and John. And God had just given a great miracle and healed a man that was lame from birth. And they had quite a crowd that were curious about them because of this. And so when the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came to them, the Bible says they, they being grieved, verse 2, that they, Peter and John, taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, we know uh, that the Sadducees were religious, but they were skeptics. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They believed in religion, but not a supernatural resurrection. And so they were, they were kind of in a problem here. You know, these same kind of people had really resented that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And so... They wanted to kill Lazarus because people were coming to Christ because of Lazarus. Talk about a losing proposition. Here's a man that's been raised from the dead, and you want to kill him again, and presumably Jesus would just raise him from the dead again. Uh, the Sadducees had fussed with Jesus about his teaching about the resurrection, and yet Jesus died on the cross, and he rose again, and, and everyone knew it. They had seen this. And they were grieved that Peter and John were teaching. Now catch this through Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. In other words, they were, they were arguing from incident to the greater principle. They were not just preaching that Christ rose from the dead. They were preaching that there is a resurrection, and as proof, Jesus. Now look, I want to tell you something. Every, every one of us every day have a choice. We can change our minds, or we can change the truth. The Sadducees could have said, hey, we have been wrong. Look at Jesus. Look at Lazarus. What they're saying is true. Or they could resent it. They could be grieved. And power comes from adjusting yourselves to the truth. Adjusting your life to the truth. You know, Pilate rather coyly said, what is truth? Well, friend, if I'm the one that defines truth, then I'm in trouble. I Sometimes I don't even know how to get out of bed in the morning. And I'm supposed to define, be the arbiter of what truth is? And kindly, if I may, if we say, well, that's your truth or my truth, we're not talking about something that is true. We're talking about our own feelings. There needs to be 
someone who can say what truth is, and that would not be me. Um, you know, the Bible talks about those who are, are tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. The, the other day, a friend and I were, were talking about how you can sail a boat into the wind, which is an amazing thing. And so you, you adjust your sails um, to the wind. Now, you may be sailing into the wind, but you adjust yourselves to take account of, of what's, you know, what is happening in, in the wind. Maybe a, a better analogy would be uh, maps. Who decides what is north and what is south? Could you take a globe and turn it upside down would it be, or, or sideways? the world would be unintelligible uh, from that perspective. And yet I, I started thinking, well, who's to say that north is north? And then someone said, well, Will, because there's a magnetic pole. There's an absolute north and south because of the poles of the earth. It's built into the planet. So the point is you have to, you have to adjust your sails and keep your focus on the, what you might call the true north, the absolute point, the true, true north. And likewise in life, I need to adjust my sails. I need to adjust my life to the truth, not to the winds that are blowing back and forth, but to true north, to, to the truth. Now, this is in contrast to a couple things. Number one, power does not come from my own reason. In other words, just because I can debate something more effectively or more loudly or more violently than someone else does not mean I, I quote, win. Um, the, the leaders said... Um, well, hey, it's obvious that this man's been healed. Um, these men have been with Jesus. It's obvious that something amazing is happening. And we have nothing we can say about this, really. In contrast, in verse 20, the disciples said, We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We're witnesses of these things. So those who denied the truth said, Really, we, we can't say anything. And those who were speaking the truth said, We cannot uh, not speak the truth. So power comes from uh, adjusting life to the truth, not, not from my own reason. Because my reason can be uh, provincial, it can be limited, it can be narrow, it can be mistaken. Uh, power doesn't come from the majority opinion. Now, I, I love being in the majority occasionally. But who had, really, who, who had the power? These leaders came to Peter and John and said, By what power, by what name have you done this? You... You healed this man. They couldn't deny that the man was healed. They just resented that it wasn't by their own power. And I love Peter's answer. Peter says uh, in Acts 4.9, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole. He said, hey, you're, you're fussing with us, so I guess you're fussing about the good deed we've done. Do you have a problem with a good deed? <laughs> Notice the contrast between the power of verse 7 and the impotence of verse 9. What power, what authority do you have uh, to speak to such impotence? And the answer is the power of the truth, the power of God. Their power was not in the majority opinion. They were not in the majority, but they were in the right. They were obeying the Creator. They were obeying the truth, and because of that, there was power. Finally, uh, power doesn't come from my own name or reputation. Now, Sometimes I can miss the truth because I don't want people to think, well, well man, Will, Will was wrong, and it hurts my name, it hurts my reputation. That's kind of missing the point. It's missing the point. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ Jesus, we are of all men most miserable. 
Sometimes people think, well, even if the resurrection were not true, even if there is no God, I would still be happier by living the Christian life. Well, that's a nice sentiment, but unfortunately, it's not true. The truth is, if there is no living Jesus, if there is no resurrection, we are of all men most miserable and our message is empty. But now is Christ risen? They were arguing from the resurrection of Christ to the principle of a resurrection. And so what was in question here was not their, their own name, their own reputation. That's where the Sadducees were. They denied the resurrection. They had invested themselves in a falsehood. Can I ask you a question? Does God ever disagree with you? You know, a God who never disagrees with me is probably not really God. God is not who I want him to be. God is God. He's independent. He's powerful. He's God. I'm not. So that means there are going to be times when I... I'm wrong, I'm mistaken, and I need to be able to change my cells, change my life to the truth. You can change your mind or you can change the truth. I remember once watching a, a television program, a, 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 I think it was a, basically a reporter and someone that they were interviewing, and this person made the mistake of invoking God. And the reporter rather contemptuously said, well, you think you have a corner on God? Well, how are you going to answer that question? What, what kind of uh, arrogant turkey would say, yes, I have a corner on God? Well, no. The question today is not, do you think you have a corner on God? The question is, does God have a corner on you? Friend, power is available today. Power beyond yourself and power beyond this world. Power is available today, but power comes from adjusting yourselves, adjusting your life to the truth.